Come hit 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 return. Let's get hit this. Hit return. Go, go, thing. Do. Do stuff. Oh yeah, it's going. Oh, look at this. It says recognized possible password hashes in column password. Well, how about that? Nice going there, SQL map. Good call. And it says, do you want to store hashes to a temporary file for eventual further processing with other tools? So if I want to try to crack those passwords myself, it can dump it to a file for me and I can go after that later. I'm just going to go with uh, no because I don't want to. Now it says, do you want to crack them via a dictionary-based attack? Sure. Why not? We're already here. Might as well go ahead and fire away at that. So it says, what dictionary do you want to use? I'm just going to go with the default, which is the default dictionary that it has available. And uh, do you want to use a common password suffixes? No. Again, I'm going with defaults. And there you go. And now it's churning and burning away at the passwords that it found. Already found one password because we see it hit, right? Cracked password, ABC123 for hash. Here comes another one. Cracked password, Charlie, for this hash. Here's another password we've just cracked. Let me in. Here's another one. Password uh, for this hash. And looks like maybe that's all of them. We'll see, right? It'll finish up. It's not a very long word list, so... It shouldn't take too very long to finish up, but I love having, like, again, going back to that script kitty, we're, we're just pointing things at things and letting it do what it's going to do. And it was able to crack a few passwords for us. So it looks like that was all the passwords it cracked. And you can see it's a little janky because I've got the screen so blowed up, but... Hey everyone, it's David Bombal. Really excited to have Daniel from IT Pro TV back with me. IT Pro TV were very kind to sponsor this video, so big shout out to them for sponsoring this video and a series of videos with Daniel. What I wanted Daniel to do is to show us practically how to hack networks. So I've brought him on to show us his top five hacking tools. Daniel, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back, David. I was super excited when you contacted us about uh, doing this, right? Going, hey, you know what would be cool? Showing people how these hacking tools can work. And what they're all about. I was like, heck yeah, any day of the week, sign me up. So I'm, I'm glad to be back with you, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you know, we, we mentioned it before, you can read about it, you can study it, but until you see it, it doesn't really hit home. And I mean, I want to try and make these videos as short as possible. So I'm going to try and keep quiet okay. and just let you get on with the demo. So go for it. All right. So uh, if you're looking at my screen, you're going, okay, what's Daniel got going? It says vulnerability SQL injection. That sounds fun. It should be fun if everything goes according to plan. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of SQL injection. And we're going to use a tool called SQL Map. SQL Map automates the process of us performing SQL injection. The only thing we need to do is try to identify the place in which a SQL injection might occur. Luckily for us, we have a vulnerable web application right here that is built purposefully for uh, us to be able to do that and test these things, play with these tools. This is called DVWA or the Damn Vulnerable Web Application. I don't name these things. Uh, <laughs> but it does a great job of giving us a playground in which to get into. And so we can check out things like SQL Map and other cool hacking tools and uh, we're going to look at this one, maybe a, a couple of other things that will allow us to do this. I'm just running this locally on my machine in virtualization. So there is a server running. It has network capabilities. We're accessing it through the browser. It's that simple, right? We got to love that. Yeah, I think we just, just for, just for YouTube, sorry to interrupt you. We need to say that this is not any website out there. This is a local virtualization. Absolutely. Daniel's using a test network locally. It's a virtual machine on his local yeah, machine. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, don't yeah. I, don't, I don't hack people's stuff without permission and neither should you. No. That's a, no. It's a great way to get a nice shiny set of bracelets, though, and a cool cellmate. So, we talked <laughs> like about it. that before. We don't want that. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We want to avoid that at all costs. 
All right, so uh, here we just have the app, right? So it has an input box and I wanna do something. It says a user ID, so I'm gonna assume they mean numerical IDs. So I'll just try number one because you, number one's usually admin or something. And that's exactly what we see, that comes true. Well, ID is one, first name is uh, admin, surname is admin as well. It's the admin thing. So it's just reaching into the background, pulling in this stuff from the database and spitting it out on our, our website. Now, that said, I want to grab information that I'm gonna need to give to SQL Map, which is just two bits of info, nothing, nothing crazy. One is gonna be the URL itself. Sometimes, uh, well, you're always gonna need the URL. It's gonna need to know where am I going? Who am I contacting and looking for? So I'm just gonna grab that URL right there, right? Slap that and ready to go, okay? Now, once I have that, I'm gonna need something else possibly, which is if it's doing any kind of session tokens or anything like that inside the cookies, you might need to grab that stuff. I've also already grabbed that and put that in, uh, in our, our SQL map command. So that said, now that we have those two pieces of these elements, and you can get that through your, if you're like, how do I get a session token? You just gotta look in the, um, uh, the inspector tools. You can look through there. You could use something like Burp Suite to grab that, which, spoiler alert, I use, because that's a simple way to do that. And uh, once I have that now, I can feed those to SQL Map and run SQL Map to see if it can automate the process of finding and exploiting an actual problem in this web application. So let, let's 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 hack it, and then I'll, I'll ask you to show us how do you how do how to get that information manually. Shall we then? Let's do it. Yeah, go for it. Come okay, on. let's get here. Let me grab my terminal. I've already pasted that stuff, all that information, right? Like there is my um, uh, URL. You can see that, right? Dash dash URL, and you just start the command with SQL map. I give it the URL dash dash URL. There it is. DBWA. There's the vulnerabilities. SQL I. And it's that ID equals one that you see right there. That's what's gonna be the, what's called injectable area. I know that because I know how SQL injections work, but if I didn't, it wouldn't matter. I just grab this, slap it in here. Unlike David likes to say, script kitty the thing up and just see if the tool will work for me, right? So there's all that stuff. Uh, what else do we have? And then below that, yes, there's the session cookie. So the security yeah, is set Yeah, we'll, we'll explain all of that in a yeah, moment, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get in uh, there. Hit, hit, hit return. Let's get it. Hit this. return. Go, go, thing. Do, do stuff. Oh, yeah, it's going. All right, so it's asking me a question at this point, just saying, hey, it looks like the backend database is MySQL. Do you want to skip other payloads? Yeah, I want to skip other payloads. Do the thing. Uh, do I want to include all remaining tests? I'm just going to hit the defaults on this. So move along, little doggy. And now it's testing, right? It's doing all that automation stuff. It's looking in script kitty mode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is this is full on script kitty. It's funny though. It, it is a it is a valid tool though. Like I yeah. only have if I was an actual pen tester, it's asking me something else. It does say, look, the get parameter ID is vulnerable. Do you want to keep testing the others? Ah, I'm good. If you got one, go ahead and hit it. And you'll notice that's the default. But if I were a pen tester, I would want to like I wouldn't want to spend all my time manually enumerating a, a SQL database, I would just want to get that stuff. And you'll notice here are all the databases that it was able to see within that MySQL instance. We have a lot of them, right? But the one we're looking for is the DVWA, which is right there. All right, now I know the name of the database. Cool, I've, I've figured something out, we've done something and it, and it worked, <laughs> I enjoy it. 
All right, let's, I'm just gonna press up arrow so I can get this going back again. Now I need to enumerate that database a little bit, right? So I want to, uh, I want to know what the tables are. So dash dash tables in dash D, which is going to tell it the database, which is called DVWA, DVWA. Uh, hit go. And now it should tell me the names of the tables that are inside of that database. And we do see that right here, two tables. We've got one called guestbook and one called users. Which one would you like to look in, David? I think prep, preps users. Users? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought guestbook was going to have all the money in it, but what the heck, yes. right? If you want users. Ad, ad, admin guest user. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah, this is your show. So we're just going to go the way you like. All right. So I'm going to go over here and I'm going to change this. I want to look at the columns just to see what column names are available. Uh, columns <laughs> like that. I want to see the columns that are in that table. And then I also have to tell it dash T for the, for the table name, which is users. All right, firing away again, and there it goes. It's showing me the different columns and the information that is stored inside of those columns. So there's one column called password. There's one called users. Well, it's not showing me the information in it. it we will see that in just a second. Uh, so this is all nice, right? Because you got password, you got user, you've got uh, when they've last logged in, whether or not they've had failed logins, user IDs, all great stuff. Cool. We're about to like own this database. Total money. We're actually going to look in the database and see that information, well, even farther, like down to the nitty gritty, the, the important elements that could actually be useful for us if we were doing this as a, like a job or something, right? So I'm just gonna change this dash columns to dump. I want you to dump the database. Go, and as you can see, it does the thing. Oh, look at this, it says, recognized possible password hashes in column password. Well, nice. how about that? Nice going there, SQL map, good call. And it says, do you want to store hashes to a temporary file for eventual further processing with other tools? So if I want to try to crack those passwords myself, it can dump it to a file for me and I can go after that later. I'm just going to go with uh, no because I don't want to. Now it says, do you want to crack them via a dictionary-based attack? Sure. Why not? We're already here. Might as well go ahead and fire away at that. So it says, what dictionary do you want to use? I'm just going to go with the default, which is the default dictionary that it has available. And uh, do you want to use a common password suffixes? No. Again, I'm going with defaults. And there you go. And now it's churning and burning away at the passwords that it found. Already found one password because we see it hit, right? Cracked password, ABC123 for hash. Here comes another one. Cracked password, Charlie, for this hash. Here's another password we've just cracked. Let me in. Here's another one. Password uh, for this hash. And looks like maybe that's all of them. We'll see, right? It'll finish up. It's not a very long word list, so... It shouldn't take too very long to finish up, but I love having, like, again, going back to that script kitty, we're, we're just pointing things at things and letting it do what it's gonna do. And it was able to crack a few passwords for us. So it looks like that was all the passwords it cracked. And you can see it's a little janky because I've got the screen so blowed up, but if you try to follow the bouncing ball, here's the first, actually what I can do is this. There's the first entry, right? That anything highlighted is within that. So we've got a user ID of one, we've got a user of admin, we've got where the avatar uh, lies, we've got a last name of admin, there's the password hash, and it's kind of broke up. Let me, let me see if I can, there we go. Just make it a little neater for us. Yep. We can see that the password is in parentheses right next to the password hash. So I don't even have to like go back up and try to, you know, one-to-one -one correlate thing. Puts everything right there. So now I have usernames and passwords from this application, I could then use those usernames and passwords, specifically that admin one, to log into the application as an admin and 
outperform for their damage. So if I was an attacker, I would be going after all the goods, right? Find all that sensitive information, PII, credit card information, that kind of stuff, grabbing that, exfiltrating it, all through just pointing and clicking a tool at it. And unfortunately, I have found something that works even more simply than this in the wild. Obviously, we won't do that, but I could read their entire database and it was a, it was a live website. And I'm like, oh, this is not bad. We need to uh, let people know that we got to fix this up. But there you go, SQL map. Hopefully you're seeing at this point why I like this tool because it is pretty simple. Yep. It is pretty straightforward. You give it a couple pieces of information and you let it go on the thing and you're, you're in a database having a good time. Okay, so video can end now. No, I mean, seriously, what I want to do is I want to now like get you to explain what you did because we did the script kitty type thing, which is fun. Okay. Um, but now let's let's step back and like work through the process so um, we understand what you did. So if you can go back to the web the website and let's start there. So sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring the level down so anyone who's new to this can kind of understand what we what we what we're doing. Okay. So basically, what you've got is you've got a web site um, yeah. and it's got a, a SQL database on the back end, yes. something like that. And when you like when you put in the user ID of one, it's basically sending a, a query to the database and that information is returned back to the web page. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So the code on the back end of this page, it's, it's gonna, this page's code is gonna take in the information that we feed it through the input, right? So we have an input right here. That's, that's all that means is a place that the person on the other end of the, the world or the computer or whatever is able to give it information and it will take it in. That's just the basic idea when we say input. So the user has a place to input. From there, it takes that input and then it slaps it into a, a, a SQL statement in the code on the, on the back end, on the server side, right? So the server that's that's generating this website, that's generating this web page, is servicing the, the web requests that we're making with it, has an area that says, if you take this in and this value has, this, this container has value, read whatever it is that's in there and slap it in the SQL statement and then use that to query the database because there's a, there's a language for querying SQL databases called Transact SQL or T-SQL. And that's what's being done. There is a T-SQL statement in there that can be put in through, I guess this is a PHP application. So PHP can interface with Transact SQL. You can put Transact SQL statements in your PHP code and it can process it for you. So it will then reach into the database. It will perform that Transact SQL statement, get the results from it, send that back, put that inside of a variable. The variable will then be interpreted by your website's code and then the code will get generated and you have a website and have things like this that return to the other side. So that's the, that's the basic idea of actually how, how most web applications work. I have a front end, this is what I see and what I deal with. I have places for input and on the back end, I've got databases and server side code that does things. And I wanna interact with that stuff and make it do weird things that it's not meant to do. SQL map <laughs> allowed us to do that. <laughs> So, sh so show us your SQL map uh, statement again, so we can sure, uh, sure. Let's, let's pick, jump over there. Pick your brain for about it. Let's uh, let's do this. Maybe just open another terminal or something. Well, I'll just I'll just do up, and then, oh, there we go. And yeah. I can get it in the so, middle. Of the oh, I'm actually firing it away. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> All right, then I'll uh, let's start with the first one actually, because that was the last. Yeah, drill right at the beginning. There we go. So there's so our you've statement. You got the the command is SQL map. That's the application that we're running, yeah. Correct. So this is this this is the command. This is the binary, the executable. 
the program that we want to run. And then you've got to start giving it some information, right? So the first thing we give it is this dash dash URL. I think where, where do you where do you get that from? So if you want to know more about what SQL Map can do, most good programs give you uh, help. So if I did SQL Map dash dash help and let that propagate, you can see they got all these wonderful things that we can do, right? So you can see here I could have just used a dash u or dash dash URL. I like using the the longer form because it, it helps me remember this is what I'm doing yeah. with that. So when they have that available, I like to use that. And when I'm demoing, it's super helpful for people that are saying, well, I know what a URL is. Okay, great. A dash U, could, that could be a user, that could be something else. So yeah. when it, when it's verbose like that, I like to use that. And the, and the actual URL, did you copy that from the website or where did you get right. the URL? That's, that you point exactly. You know, when you go into your browser and you, you type in, I want to go to google.com or I want to go to itpro.tv, you type that and you hit go and it goes in that bar, just copy and paste what you think would be a good site or a good URL to feed to SQL map to say, hey, look here. I think there might be a SQL injection vulnerability. Check that out for me, will you? Or you're just like, I don't know. Here's a URL. Check it. If it doesn't like it, it'll say, hey, you, this doesn't look right and kind of complain to you. So it does give you some helps as well to tell you that I don't think you're on the right track here. So you're actually pointing it to the website, not to the backend database, is that right? Right, so the site itself is what interfaces with the database. So yep. what I wanna do is I need those parameters that are sending that information. So sometimes you get it all in the URL, like what we had here. So let me um, let me bring that back up. Again, yes, yeah, sorry. let me bring that back up and then I control C there. So I mean, you got vulnerabilities forward slash right. So, sorry, you got the domain name, and then it's uh, right. Then it's uh, uh, um, what's called a directory, right? You got a directory called DVWA. You got another directory called vulnerabilities. Another directory called SQLI or SQLI. And in there, after that, that's where we start giving it that where it's taking its parameters. This is where we're feeding it actual information input from us, and it's just formatting it in the URL. It could look different than this. You could just see the URL itself without that stuff. And those things can be uh, added as what's called post data. That's a HT, um, HTTP method of interacting with an HTTP server, right? So- Yeah, you often you often see that question mark equals something. Yes, when you, yes. When you, click, so, when so you look at URLs, yeah. That question mark is saying, I have, I'm gonna define a parameter for you, and then I'm gonna give that parameter values, hence the equal sign. And if that's valid, then it will be able to, it will be useful to the website itself. So uh, that's what we see here and that's why it's been programmed. So Daniel, because you're a hacker and I don't trust you, can you go back to the the, the website sure. and just copy the URL into the, uh, the the command prompt so we can compare the two? All right, I'm gonna, there's the there's the URL, just highlight it, right click, yeah. copy. Don't trust, I, I can't trust you. Right? Magic of TV, you just lost it all. <laughs> Paste, <laughs> there we go. And so so gonna... that's that's essentially the URL, yeah. Right. So and if then, you look, and then you and then you made a you made a special change where you did like a backslash at some point. I did. So there is an ampersand. If you guys, it looks like the and symbol that we typically think of. It's called ampersand, and you'll notice that in my code or in my uh, format, I put a backslash there. That ampersand can be interpreted by the bash interpreter, the terminal itself, as a special character. And it was kind of freaking it out when I was. Uh, Working this up, I was like, "Oh, it doesn't like that. I need to negate that and tell the tell the interpreter that's not a special character. It's just 
a character, treat it as a regular character. So putting that backslash in there, that's what that's what that was for. That's what did that. Okay, so we've got SQL map is the application. Yes. We've got um, URL, which is just one of the the options for the application. Absolutely. And then you you copied the URL and made a slight adjustment. I did. And then you've got like cookie security stuff. What's that about? All right, good question, right? Because this is something that you may or may not encounter. Most of the time, you're probably encounter having to do this. This dash dash cookie, it's, it's kind of broke up. You got cook over here and E over here. But after that, you'll notice I put it in quotations. And you can use single quotes or double quotes. If there are single quotes or double quotes within your string, you probably want to use the opposite to encapsulate it. So I'm encapsulating my cookie from my browser. So when you go to a lot of websites, most of them will give you a session token of some sort. And usually that's within the form of a cookie. And that just lets it know that you are you and I'm not David and David's not me. It's the law of identity right there inside your web browser, just going <laughs> right and having a good that's time. How Go that's how Google tracks you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like this is the, usually it's meant to uh, give you enhancement to your experience. So I don't have to continue to tell you that I like brown shoes instead of black shoes or whatever it is, right? Uh, it keeps that information and it encapsulates that within a cookie. And here we're just seeing that the session token itself is also in the cookie. And I need that. And I also wanted to make sure that security, right? So that's another piece of information it's giving me. I, I set the security standards for the website to be low so we can do the demonstration without having to get way too technical. <laughs> and making sure that everything just works fine. So I had to grab all that stuff and just slap it in here. I use Burp Suite to do that because it can-, can you show us? Can you show us how to do it manually if you don't have- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can grab that stuff from the developer tools inside of your browser. So an easy way to get to that is just right click and go to like inspect element and that'll bring up your developer tools. They're usually in wicked tiny font. They are. And for me, since I'm using Firefox, I've got a little box here. Let me- uh, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm hitting things. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's see here. I've got this little box called storage. If I click on that, you can see there are those values. Session ID, right? And if you look over, there's the value of that piece of token. It's a little, little truncated. We can kind of move that out. And you'll notice that security was set to low. So I can grab those values straight from, from this. Chrome will be different and IE will be different and Edge will be different. You just got to kind of fiddle around inside of there and look for wherever it's storing this information. Just kind of click around. Don't be afraid. It's what we're hackers, right? We, we want to understand things. We want to poke it with a stick and see where things stuff. And you just got to find it. And once you do, hey, there it is. Grab it. It's separated by a semicolon. That's all you got to do. So you got one value like security equals low. Boom. Semicolon space. Next value, which will be PHP, SES ID, I think it's called, and whatever, it equals this value. Boom, I'm done. Put it in single quotes. You've got yourself a cookie. So, I mean, if you scroll left on that, because you've zoomed in, that, those are the two. Yeah, so that you've got PHP, session ID, and security, and then you've got the actual values. Yeah. That that crazy number. Yeah, which low. is, I think it's just an MD5 sum. It's just a hash value that they use so that you have some sort of unique identifier that's easy to create. And so if you go back to your um, command prompt, you you literally copied those. I mean, you use Burp Suite to make it easier. Yeah, you, it says I can just swipe and paste, but yes. But you basically, if you can go back to that. Um, just right yes, here. Yes, if we, there, there they are. So security is low. And then the and PHP the session ID. ID. Yep. Okay, so. 
so we the whole command we've ex explained thus far. Um, thus far. And then what's the uh, what's the dump and stuff again? All right, so we actually went through quite a few different um, things. The first one we did was dash dbs. So let's let's do SQL map. Yep. Let's do it again if you don't mind, I'll, and I'll, we'll go slowly. Yeah, yeah. This time. I'm just going to do the dash just help feature, and that way we can look for that. Oh, okay. And uh, let's see here. Where's that DBS hiding? We might have to go into the man page. Uh, DBMS. So if you don't get enough information out of this, most of these things have help, uh, uh, beyond help files, which is called man pages, man SQL map. And in there, I can just do a search for dash DBS. There we go. And that dash DBS functionality says enumerate DBMS databases. So look what, for- What does that mean? Look for um, what? What is that? Let's go back. So what that means is go back up here, and I want to get there. DBMS is basically what is the database type. Find out what that is, and then look for the databases that are inside of it. That's that's generally that's basically what the idea is. Just find out what type of database we're running here, and figure out whether there are any, like what the names of those databases are that are running in that instance. So it could be like MySQL as an example of a Correct. SQL database. Uh, MariaDB uh, would be another one, right? Maybe it's an Oracle database, maybe. Yeah. There's a, a myriad of different databases that it can you know, find, and you wanna know which one you're working with so that you can give it the right type of syntax and work with it correctly. So there you go. Uh, from there, once we got that information, then we were digging a little bit deeper, right? Do, do you mind? Do you mind running the commands again? Sure, Sorry, no, no, not a problem. Let's, let's, see let's start. Let's go through the whole thing again, just slowly. Sure. I'm just going to start from the top. That way, uh, where are we? Yeah, there we go. So there's the DBS, right? We run that. And this ought to run really fast now because it kind of caches this stuff. Um, yeah. And then you can see it found available databases, and there were 17 of them, right? The backend DBMS was MySQL. And it looked like it was greater than 5.0. So the version, again, gave me some versioning information. So all of these, where it says available databases, anything underneath that is telling me this is the name of a database in this database server that I could reach into and give you information about which one would you like? Just like you were if you were actually at the terminal itself interacting with MySQL going, oh, okay, show uh, databases, semicolon, enter. And it would, it would spit this exact thing right out. Then you go, cool, I want to use... DVWA semicolon enter, bam. And it would go, okay, you're now using the DVWA database. What would you like now? Next thing I want is those tables. What tables are in this? So from there, we just ran, we took DBS off and we said dash dash tables and then dash D for the uh, database, which was called DVWA. So the dash D is saying my database name is going to be DVWA. Now, if that's not a, a legit database, it'll, it'll error out and you'll have problems but I want to get the tables that are inside that database. Bam, fire away, and there they are, right? So I've got two tables inside of this database. One's called guestbook, the other's called users. Because you're a smart person, you decided, let's look inside of that users table, <laughs> right? That was the next thing we needed to do was to look in that users table. So back up, change this. Well, actually, that can stay the same. I will do dash T because the table is going to be called users and then i wanted to see what columns were available on that table so i'll just change that to columns fire away and it tells me here are the columns the attributes of this table 
there's information in those and what type of information it is. This column is called password. This column is called user. And it is it contains characters, right? Uh, we've got yeah. avatar, failed login, so on and so forth. So at this point, as an attacker or a pen tester, if that's what I am, hopefully that's what I am and not an attacker, I'm going, yep. oh, this is all really good information for me as an attacker. If I were an attacker, I've got to, I've got to have a talk and, and write this up in my report saying, okay, we, I was able to find usernames and passwords through SQL injection. Here's how I did that. Now let's talk about how we can remediate that problem, right? So now that I know that users and passwords are things that I want, I just want to now just dump the information that was in the database. And that brings us full circle back to uh, just dumping. So I just changed this from columns to dump so that it will dump the contents. And that's when it was like, oh, we found hashes, right? It said, it looks like password yep. contains password hashes. Cool. Uh, do you want me to try to crack them? Sure, which it already did. So that was super fast. And then, of course, it dumps the contents of the database. I can I can kind of do this and show you. That would be more along the lines. I don't know if you guys, it's really, really small, but you can see it's a little yeah. nicer uh, yeah. formatting. I can see it fine, but I know that's really hard for everybody at home. So I'm going to keep it you know, where you can see it. It's just giving me all those, those columns and the information inside of those columns and those rows. And we, we are now king. We have a username and password. We can log into the system if we wanted to. We could we could grab one of these. So like the user account here for Gordon B, right? Okay, Gordon B, his password is ABC123. Let's give it a shot. Let's pretend Gordon B is the admin of our web application. Let's go and see what happens when we go to the web application, right? I'll close these, in, these tools. I will log out and I will log in with Gordon B, password A, A, B, C, one, two, three. Oh, look, we were able to log in and it shows me logged in as Gordon B right down here. So I'm now able to impersonate people, go in, make purchases on their behalf, change their information, do all sorts of horrible, heinous things. So that's the importance of trying to keep databases safe from things like SQL injection and using things like parameterization, prepared statements, uh, input validation. These are all the things that we need to do. Of course, secure coding practices that implement all of those things so that we don't allow for this. But, man, it sure was easy using SQL map and hence why I like it. <laughs> why is it called SQL injection? So just let, let me ask some like very yeah. basic questions. So it's called SQL injection because of the idea around the input, right? I was able to input something into a SQL statement. And from there, that's what causes the problem, okay? And actually, I wonder if, uh, yeah, I don't remember if DBWA does this. Let's go to SQL injection and, oh yes, excellent, view source. So they kind of give you this wonderful little thing so you can kind of see what's going on, right? So this is the code that runs this. And there is this transact SQL statement that is causing our problem, okay? You'll notice it says select first name, last name from users where ID equals, and it takes this parameter in, whatever that is. So I wanted to ask you, how did you know one? That's just guessing because admin will probably be one, is that right? Yeah, because most of the time yeah. when it comes to 
uh, user creation, the first user that gets created is the administrator because they're setting everything up. So it's a really good guess. If one's not it, maybe try zero because a lot of systems count from zero. So, you know, you bounce around there and see if anything. Doesn't mean other users couldn't also be admins. It just means it's a good bet to see if there is an admin user. It usually is number one. So there, there's that. But this statement is basically taking that information, whatever I put in that input box, it just slapped a one. Okay, one, that's fine. But what if I gave it like a special character? Remember how we had problems with that special character in my bash interpreter? It was like, yeah. oh, that was an issue. I had to negate that. You guys didn't see that, but because uh, I, I prepared for that. But if I didn't, we would get all sorts of funky, weird errors to do something strange. That's what we're doing. That's why they call it injection, because I'm injecting characters that are going to cause it to do things that it wasn't designed to do, but does nonetheless. So I'm injecting those into them. That's why we call it SQL injection. So you're actually just reading from the database here. You're not really writing to the database. Does it have the ability to write? Oh, yeah, it has the ability to write. That's a bit more technical. That's That yeah. takes a bit more effort to do. We'll, we'll leave that for another time. Yeah, it's that, good to know. that's um, something I, I have done and can do, but um, it's definitely a lot more lift. You got to understand a bit more about Transact SQL to be able to perform that attack. But yeah, and then if I can write to the database... I can do things like create users. I might even be able to reach and not only write to the database, but also write to the file system that the database sits on and say, hey, put a file in the slash temp directory or put it right here in the web directory. And while you're at it, you know, make that file this and it's inside of that file is going to be like some malicious PHP if it's a PHP application. And then when I browse to that, it will execute that because it's all done under the context of the web application service account. So it just trusts it and says, hey, I created this. It's in the right spot. I will run it. And it's my malicious PHP code. And now I have shell access to the system. So this is the, the steps that we end up taking to gain actual interactive access to the system beyond just getting into the database, which is a fun feat in and of itself and can be extremely devastating, which is what a lot of people want. But if I wanted to then turn this system into something I want to pivot around in. I want to use it to start looking for other machines on that backside and finding, oh, what's what's beyond the DMZ that I normally can't see, but because I have access to this, it does have access to those other systems. And now I can see them. Great. I've now got myself a nice little bot to do my bidding. And there you go. Yeah, so I'm going to put it to the to everyone watching. Do you want Daniel to show us that perhaps in a, <laughs> in a later video? If we get more complex, put uh, put you know put your comments below. Let us know what kind of tools you want to see Daniel cover. I mean, we've started with five of the ones that he likes most, but if you um if you got any other suggestions, anyone any other tools that you'd like him to to cover, not guaranteeing that we'll do it, but put put your comments below. But Daniel, I had another question for you. Okay. Okay, you demonstrating these um these VMs. Yeah. Where did you get them from? So this one specifically, I got from. Vulnhub. Vulnhub.com. They've got a lot of great CTFs, but if you search around, this one is specifically called Websploit 2018. And it's actually kind of like a, a hacking gymnasium, a hacking playground. It's got a bunch of different, really fun web applications that are specifically broken and broken purposefully so that we can play with hacking tools without getting in trouble, right? So this is a great one. I always like having this one laying around because if I ever want to test something or I need just a playground to 
to throw a new tool at or see how it works or something like that. I just spin this up in my virtualization environment and start poking at it and seeing what it does. So it's nice to have all those different types of applications. I can not only test and see if I understand a certain concept on one platform, then I can jump to another broken application to see if I can leverage those skills on that platform. And I didn't have to get another virtual machine and stuff. There's a bunch of different stuff in there. It has Juice Shop in there. It's got WebGoat in there. It's got uh, Multiliday. It's got BWAP. It's all sorts of great stuff running in there. So I like it's kind of like an all-in-one solution for me. So, I mean, just to, if someone wants to replicate what you've done, I mean, I'll put links below, but I mean, you've you've got one VM running in VMware, sure. and then you've got, that that's the one that's running this this application. Yep. And then you've got uh, Kali or Kali Linux, if you prefer, running in another VM. And you just you're just connecting them locally on your on your on your laptop, is that right? Yeah, because of the you know instant or the uh, insecurity wrapped around these these applications, you typically yeah. don't want to expose them at all to the internet. So uh, what you can do is just create like a host only environment, something that's controlled and only within the virtualization software itself, and not actually reaching out beyond that. So that's what I've done here to keep everything on the um, on the safety. Like we like to keep like safety first. Yeah, so I mean, it's basically limited to your to your to your laptop. Yes. Um, but the great thing here is someone else can can replicate this as well. Oh, easily. So I'll yeah. put I'll I'll put links below if for anyone who wants to download it. Um, anything else you want to talk about? With I mean, this was a fantastic demo. So really, thank you for um, for showing us. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, this specific uh, SQL injection you, hack? You know, it's funny. You, uh, I uh, you tend to as you teach these things from time to time, you you kind of get jaded to the the cool factor of it. And then every now and then a story will break on the news and go, so-and-so was breached today due to what's called a SQL injection or an injection attack. <laughs> and you're like, oh, there it is. You know, you're thinking, I'm ridding the world of this. No, it's still out there. We're still humans. We still make these mistakes, these coding errors that allow for these type of things. As an attacker, they just have to be diligent enough to continually scan. They've got that on their on their side plenty of time. So we need to be doing our best practices of making sure that we're using all the uh, mitigations and best practice strategies and security controls that we have available to us to keep this kind of thing from happening. Because if it does, well, we've seen how devastating it can be, even if that's in a controlled environment. So, I mean, the how would you stop this? Is this um, is this where it comes to like proper development, someone who's got to write their code right? Yeah, so that comes back to, I was talking earlier about the remediation strategies. Like yeah. you have, um, First, you'll probably start with some sort of input sanitization. So if I give you input as an end user, I want to make sure that that input doesn't contain anything that could potentially cause a problem. So I'll make a list and basically what's called regular expression and say, this is my list of characters that we're going to not allow to pass through. So if I see them, I'm going to strip it off or maybe even warn, hey, you've got a bad character there. You know, uh, don't do that. We don't allow that. Um most people just strip it off, though, and say, okay, those characters aren't allowed, that character's not allowed, and programmatically will reform the input so that it is acceptable on the other end. Now, there are ways to get around that, so we also want to make sure that we're doing things like um, uh, prepared statements, and these are like, instead of injecting into an act, the statement, we say, oh, this is the statement which you want to make. I've got a list of statements that are fine. Let me use one I've already prepared so I'm not passing along that SQL injection. So that helps a lot, a lot with that. Those two things right there are the main ways in which we stay out of the weeds with SQL injection. 
That's great. I mean, it's you know you you often like you watch the Mr. Robot uh, series and then you think, okay, um, is this actually real? Um, and you've shown us a very simple example of um, of an attack that um, you know anyone could you know script kitty or someone who really knows what they're doing could could leverage. I think the Mr. Robot series has gotten a good rap because it has yeah. taken some pretty um, yeah. good pains to try to stay as accurate as possible. So it's, it is extremely accurate when you watch a lot of what they're doing. Um, uh, I haven't seen too many mistakes. I can't think of any off the top of my head where I was like, oh, uh, that's, that's not right. That's not how that works. Typically you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's legit right there. So it's a cool series as far as that goes. Obviously it's got some uh, interesting storyline to it as well, but yes, the yes. technical side of it is, is pretty on par. That's great, Daniel. So uh, thanks very much for showing um, SQL Injection. What, to, to tease for the next one, what are you going to show us next? Oh, that's a good question. I wasn't prepared for that. I don't know because I've got a few of them. Let's, how, about, uh, how about the next one we'll do is Metasploit? Great. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks very much. Hey, no problem. Thank you. 